I'm Aaron Armstrong. I'm Pete Moran. And we love to watch. We love to watch, says Snow MG. <laughs> MG. Underlined note for <laughs> the tagline. Snow MG. Snow MG. Uh, my most underlined comment was uh, Manic Pixie Dream Elf. <laughs> she is so confused by our world. Uh, like another movie at Rip Stuff. Anyways, hey Pete, uh, this is We Love to Watch. You know that, but our listeners might not. We're a movie podcast. We pick a theme and we do movies over the course of the month around that theme. And this month, we're in our second week of a very saccharine Christmas where we're picking, uh, kind of what we found on the internet to be considered the best version of a Christmas made for Hallmark movie, a Christmas made for Lifetime movie, and a Christmas made for Netflix movie, and comparing and contrasting up until the most saccharine Christmas of them all, our full house Christmas special, <laughs> the fullest house. Uh, but we're on, we did, so last week we did A Christmas Prince 1 and 2. That was the Netflix, a uh, little more recent addition to the game related to uh, Christmas, uh, saccharine Christmas movies. And this week we're on Hallmark, which was kind of the second second child uh, with Lifetime being the first, but kind of became the one that was producing them at a uh, incredible rate. Hallmark essentially became the cocaine addict of like uh, made for TV Christmas movies. Like <laughs> we'll make 80 a year. <laughs> ah, like we're doing it. This isn't snow on the sets here, guys. We're making a million Christmas movies each year. Um, yeah, so can, I just, can I just get a, yeah, just jump get a in. taste? Can I just get a taste? Oh, elves. Oh, Robert Wagner is Santa. Uh, <laughs> Robert Wagner is Santa. I'm going to have several minutes for that. Uh, can I just get, I just need a little itch, a little scratch. A little uh, scratch. How about like uh, the sister from Full House uh, telling everyone the true meaning of Christmas, but in a way that's not as preachy as her brother, but in her own way, kind of just as preachy. There's no sister from Full House in this movie, Peter. I'm saying that she is a staple of one of the two networks. Oh, I see. Yes. Well, fun fact, we'll talk about uh, not the sister, but the aunt from Full House in a second. But yeah, so this is the Hallmark movie. This is North Pole. It is kind of considered the best one. And I don't, I mean, probably there's like 50 that are close to this. I don't know. Um, but uh, I will say this. So last week, I'd never seen one of these like types of like made for TV, cheap to make, uh, stars of your favorite 80s and 90s sitcoms. Uh Christmas movies, and I was like, the Chris, the Christmas Christmas movies are insane, but it was not what I was expecting from kind of like a charming, super Christmassy, romantic comedy light with like, you know, half effort put into anything, everything. Instead, it yeah, turned it was into sort of it was sort of a bad way to start the month in in that sense that it's not like the classic model where we sometimes no. if we're doing a month about like scary space adventure horror movies 
we started the month with Alien because Alien is sort of the ur text of that, and then and then we eventually got to Jason X, right? Um, yeah, the the Christmas Prince is sort of the Jason X of this month, uh, and then we're gonna get more, <laughs> yeah. less weird and more normal as we go. Yeah, and uh, and that you know, Christmas Prince is not a romantic comedy. It's barely a romance. It barely takes place at Christmas, and instead, it's like these overly plotted like palace intrigue as written by someone with a preschool education (laughs) um it uh you know they're not exactly like they're super plotty and super dumb and like not a lot of time digging into the weirdness of it which is like the the the, i don't i don't want to interrupt you too badly Aaron. no interrupt it's almost like this is considered the best of this bunch but it's almost it almost feels like it's the best of the bunch because it hammered out all the weird edges and they just like it made this like mostly inoffensive i mean sorry completely inoffensive sort of like glass of hot cocoa like it this is yeah, a better so, movie to start with i think the month I, yeah and this is this is what i was expecting right like super christmasy a lot of eye rolls but Definitely something, as our guest Bill uh, said, and Inceptor of this month said, uh, like, a great thing to put on the background and occasionally go, oh, yeah, she's from Say by the Bell. Great. Uh, <laughs> and move on with your day. And, like, so this was – it's 90 minutes. It's somewhat enjoyable. But this is definitely more along the lines of what I was expecting than Christmas Prince. And I think you nailed it on the head, Peter, when you said it's, like, uh, super smooth and with no conflict. Like – that was the other thing about a Christmas Prince. Like, the stakes felt way too fucking high for a light Christmas romp. Like, even in most Christmas movies, the stakes aren't like, maybe all these poor people will starve in this country <laughs> because uh, because the monarchy is uh, taking advantage and lying about the state of their economics because another rich person is siphoning and laundering money. Uh, like, the stakes are incredibly high or like maybe the adopted king won't be the king and this evil cousin will rule and take over like incredibly high stakes. Whereas this, I, I, which like the, one of the highest stakes in any Christmas movie that a bunch of kids won't get free presents. Yeah. And like the biggest stakes in this movie are essentially maybe the tree that the town likes watching light up and skating by won't light up and you won't be able to skate by it that year. That is essentially – and then there's kind of nods to, like, this being a microcosm and, uh, yeah, Santa won't have magic to deliver Christmas presents. But that plot kind of, like, goes away, too, halfway through. So um, – Which, again, this movie would be so much weirder if it spent more time with our Santa Claus, Robert Wagner. Yeah. Uh, Alleged. Murderer. <laughs> yeah, what happened on that boat? <laughs> what uh, happened on that boat? <laughs> okay, we'll get we'll get there. We'll get there. But like the movie we'll would be there. way weirder so, if there were more scenes of Robert Wagner, but instead the movie just makes him as sort of like an old man who wears a Santa beard and a Santa and a whatever. He has two scenes. Yeah, he has two scenes. I don't even know he doesn't ride in the sleigh either. He's just sort of he's no. just he like, doesn't move from his CGI bridge. Like, you could be forgive If you missed the opening titles, you probably would not notice it was Robert Wagner. 
I only noticed it because it's like getting punched in the face when you're watching a movie. This this saccharin, and then all of a sudden it's like alleged murderer Robert Wagner. <laughs> <laughs> so I saw him in the opening credits, and then I'm like, oh, Robert Wagner's going to be in this movie. But then you know I haven't seen Ra- Robert Wagner what he looks like in 20 years, anyways. Probably not since the first or one of the Austin Powers movies. Like, <laughs> Did you what else say has Wagner he Rock? Wagner Rock, yeah. <laughs> Robert Wagnerock. <laughs> it's a new uh, Watini movie coming out soon. Uh, it's, but it's much sadder. It's, it's all about the boat. <laughs> um, what happened on that boat, man? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what happened. Wagnerock. <laughs> the destruction of all good, all things good. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, so I like saw the opening credits, but then when he started talking as Santa, I was like, I know that voice, and I still looked it up 20 minutes later. I'm like, oh, yeah, I saw that name in the title. It just didn't make sense to me that he would end up being Santa. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) No, okay, because it's it's Robert Wagner. You'd be like, all right, even if you know nothing about his past as a... uh, Alleged. Murderer, um, you would... Be like, okay, he's going to play the oil magnate dash land developer dash evil asshole who becomes the villain of the piece. But the weird thing is he plays a sweet old grandpa, something that I don't even know if Robert Wagner's grandchildren think of him that way. Is and, uh, is Santa a grandparent that you're aware of? Um, I just mean the, the grandpa archetype. But yeah, I'm sure I'm sure Santa's a grandpa. How else do you think we got Fred Claus? I, I don't know. Does anyone know how we, who saw Fred Claus? <laughs> he might be Santa's son. I don't know if he's his grandson. Speaking speaking of great Christmas movie actors, Kevin Spacey, I believe, is in that one. <laughs> <laughs> we need to do a, full, a thorough dissection of how many uh, alleged bad crime committers have uh, played the role of Santa Claus. Probably a lot because I'm in the process of reading Catch and Kill right now and I get the sense that everyone in Hollywood was terrible to people <laughs> for quite a long time. Now, it's not that I didn't know that, but the, the lengths of higher ups people that are covering up crimes and in, in really lets you know like, hey, uh, it, they're just so used to covering this up. I bet it happened quite a bit for decades. It's funny how that happens. Old habits, you know. Old habits. Old habits, uh, I heard. Yeah. Uh, so that's weird. We'll talk more about that. Um, yeah, but this – so this also just like was what I pictured, right? Like you take a Christmas motif, you take a minor conflict, you take a little bit of Christmas magic, you essentially mash up two or three other more well-known Christmas movies. And this one, The Santa Claus and Elf, boom. You got a, you got a Hallmark Christmas movie. Um, it is very much just Santa Claus plus Elf. Yeah. Uh, it's exactly that. Like it, li- it literally. There's essentially, uh, but instead of charming and funny like moments where the the elf girl is like running down the street and um, like hurting people, like throwing snowballs because she forgets they're not magic snowballs of people. Like what the fuck did you do? Oh, sorry, I forgot they're not happy snowballs here. Oh, uh, like yeah, that's that's what it is. But like, you know, um. It wasn't like, like, I think I gave it two and a half stars because it's like I could see putting this on and just being like, okay, Christmas, like, do your stuff to me, <laughs> um, you know, and, and being fine with it. Like, so first of all, uh, as, a, as a person who we don't usually talk about this stuff on the show, because why would you want to listen to people talk about this? But like when I was like 10 or nine, I'm not 
I was one of those people that like Kelly Kapowski was one of my first crushes, like before I'd even hit puberty. So it is always fun to just see her in movies. Is that um, the Say by the Bell? Perfect? Yeah, Tiffany Thiessen. Yeah, Tiffany. It's so Tiffany Thiessen um, is Kelly Kapowski on Correct. on the Saved by the Bell. Saved by the Bell, not the new class. She's not. She's nowhere near the new class. You oh. got, but you got. If you want new class, you got. You still have Screech. You still got Mister Building, and then you have a rotating group of of kids over seven seasons that you've never seen in anything else ever. <laughs> uh, I gotta. T- I gotta tell you, um, I've never seen an episode of the show. Of Saved by the Bell. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I would recommend it to you, but yeah, I mean, it was like. It was on the air when I was like seven or eight. I literally like stopped watching most Saturday morning cartoons and started watching what they called TNBC, which was teen NBC. And they had like these like high school based sitcoms for children. Uh, It was like Saved by the Bell. You had uh, um, California Dreams, Hang Time, a couple things that didn't last that many seasons, like Run in the Halls. Um, But yeah, I watched all of them. It sounds um, like you're making up all of these titles. No, yeah. uh, and the and uh, cool schools out. Uh, no class. No. Uh, so California Dreams was about teacher. check this out. So Saved by the Bell was a group of kids in Bayside, California, led by Zach Morris, of course, who uh, has sometimes magical powers, but essentially is just an asshole. Uh, but you know, at the time, of course, it was like those were the cool, cool kids being cool at school. It was great. Then he had like an offshoot of that called. Um, California Dreams, which is about kids in high school, but get this, in a band in California. Um, and they, so you had a lot of terrible songs. And then the other one that ran was, a long was it time. Was the Lee of its day? Not, no, they, it was all original songs. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, it was, I imagine, terrible music. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, worse than Glee? Uh, well, Klee is, is doing bad covers of good music. Uh, I imagine this was terrible all the way through. Then there was Hang Time, which uh, posits this, Peter. Now, get this get this on your – throw this throw this on your hat and see how it fits. Uh, or your head, <laughs> see how it fits. Uh, put this on for size, as some people would say. Um, put this on my – is it a feather that I'm putting in my head? Oh, yeah. Put, put a feather – call it macaroni if you want because in hang time, the premise is that on this basket, this high school basketball team, what if a girl who is good at basketball also plays? It'll never work. Uh, it did. About five seasons, I believe. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, yeah, th- like I watched all of those and yeah, uh, I think I have – this you may want to cut this out, you may not. But if you do want to dip your toe into Save by the Bell, which now almost feels like a definite thing we should cover on the show at some point, uh, all the seasons and the movies and the college years are on Voodoo for you. Wow. Um. Yeah. So I I don't want to do that at all. But I mean, you've never seen an episode. How old were you when you were nine? You know how many shows I haven't seen an episode of. I'm not I'm not poking around being like you need to watch an episode of Rizzoli and Isles. <laughs> oh, you don't you don't watch the Riz? <laughs> Riz and I is what I call it. Um, the Riz and I. <laughs> if you if I you had to give me one million dollars what the show is about, I could not tell you. Um, I mean I assume some sort of detectives. I'm imagining Rizzoli is uh Do they know the, Franklin and Bash? The, the, I'm imagining Rizzoli is the, the tough and stern one. You know, like she's she plays it by the book, and I was always opening, getting to work, and she's like, 
I don't know where I left my underwear. Probably in one of the, the eight apartments I've slept in in the past week. Because she's wild. She sleeps all over the, the city of New York or Baltimore or Boston or wherever. They they do cop stuff. Yeah. Um, and Franklin and Bash, that's presumably one of the, I believe one of those, Franklin or Bash, is uh, Zachary Taylor Morris from Saved by the Bell. <laughs> I think you're confusing Zachary Tyler Bryan from Home Improvement. But yes, Zach Morris, Mark Paul Gossler, is on Franklin and Bash. And I found out that Tiffany uh, Thiessen, who used to go by Tiffany Amber Thiessen when she was on Saved by the Bell, was on White Collar for its entire run. Whatever that is. I thought that was Franklin and Bash. I thought Franklin and Bash were the White Collars. <laughs> I thought White Collar was the show Suits. <laughs> yeah. there's a, Wait, there's a show called Suits, too? Yeah. What happened in the USA Network and TNT? <laughs> well, they know funny. They No, TNT doesn't know funny. They probably know drama. <laughs> oh. What do you think TNT? Is it We've Got Drama? Um, we've Got Drama. I think it's We've Got the Meats. <laughs> yep, that sounds right. Uh, so anyways, Robert Wagner Sanic Allegedly. Killed someone <laughs> and covered it up with Christopher Walken. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> we can talk about it now. <laughs> well, oh, no. what else do you Wagner's, want to talk about? Robert, Robert Wagner Wagner. and Christopher Walken allegedly killed Natalie Wood, <laughs> who was in such movies that we've covered as West Side Story, on a boat and then covered it up and have somehow escaped prosecution. Even though I think recently, like someone can fat something happened recently in the last five years where it's like, oh yeah, shit, Robert Wagner totally allegedly killed that person. Uh, it's probably he probably spewed his guts when he got back home and somebody was like, how'd the boating trip go? And he was like, terrible, absolutely terrible. terrible. If you want a West Side Story sequel, <laughs> <laughs> well now we'll never get East Side Story. Oh yeah, my but- my my idea. <laughs> uh, but Santa Claus. Um, yep. He, so he acknowledged in his, uh, his biography that he had an argument with Woods before it disappeared. The case was reopened in November 2011 <laughs> after Darwin publicly said that he had lied to the police and said that Wood and Wagner had an argument because Wood was flirting with Walken and Wagner was jealous and enraged. And uh, yeah. And then w- Walken just just shut up for 40 years or whatever 50 years i'm only gonna play goofy comedy guys now (laughs) because (laughs) because i've had enough of real life death and destruction no more deer hunter i can't do a walking uh but he allegedly covered up a murder he's like i really i really want to work with you your name after what i saw on that boat your name just really captured the nihilism and nonsense <laughs> of existence so that's why i will work with you fat boy slim you've got you got like half walk and half dracula <laughs> <laughs> what's the difference uh i think dracula does less like stop shouting <laughs> What if Dracula is just, he's trying to say what he wants to say in an efficient manner. He wants to make sure that you you catch every word. Here's a fun fact. When you Google North Pole, most things that come up are not the movie. Oh. Um, Um, But yeah, so, but basically, basically when uh, Robert Wagner is standing on the edge of a precipice with Mrs. Claus, uh, it brought up a, I don't know. 
disturbing disturbing images in my head <laughs> all i could think is there was get in that sleigh with him mrs claus don't get in the sleigh there was water below <laughs> there really was so the the boyfriend the teacher who's the love interest is played by josh hopkins who i also like again part of the reason it's charming is like i like tiffany Thiessen, uh or at least like you know she and she's fine in this movie uh josh hopkins is like He's really good at, like, sitcom stuff. Like, he's on Cougar Town and was consistently one of the funnier people on a very funny show. I don't know if you watch Cougar Town, Peter. Uh, Cougarton? Yep, Cougarton. Uh, I was a, I, I watched a few episodes of the show. Um, yeah. I think I watched it not long enough before it got good. Because everyone was raving about how good it was. And I watched, like, the first three or four episodes. And I was yeah. like, wasn't, Terrible. wasn't particularly interesting. Yeah, it basically, like, it started as, like, a what if this recently divorced person uh, is, like, a cougar, and they abandon that five episodes in and make it about, like, uh, people in their 40s who, like, are just friends and hang out. <laughs> um, that sounds and nice. then it Then it becomes really funny. Um, but I still, like, at some point it went off ABC and moved to TBS, and it just didn't, and I think some creative people left. Kind of like a community situation. So, like, mm-hmm. seasons two and three are really good. But the main love interest on the show ends up being Josh Hopkins, who ends up, like, marrying Courtney Cox early on, in the, I think somewhere in the end of the first season. Um, and, yeah, it becomes a really, really funny show. So he's very funny. He's very charming. He's not given much to do in this movie, but, like, yeah, you can see why, like, oh, these two attractive people uh, in a small town whose biggest concern is a tree. I can see why they'd find each other. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think he's, I think he's pretty charming. Uh, these small town hunks tend to either be sort of generic, um, you know, uh, lumberjack, lumberjack looking motherfuckers, or um, faux charming guys. Like they, they. They were clearly written to be charming, and all of the music and the soft focus camera work is supposed to be doing a lot of the the charm work for them. But they're actually really annoying and sometimes pretty toxic. Um, yeah, th- this guy's this guy's pretty pretty above board. That's another one of these the, the things about this movie why we're probably not going to talk about it that long. Uh, this guy's pretty above board. He, I think we're done. His charming <laughs> his charm is yeah. I don't know what else we talk about. His charm is pretty much. Um, like uh, it's not toxic. He's very patient with uh, Timoth- Tif- yeah, Tiffany Thiessen. Um, he doesn't tend to step on her as a mother. He doesn't pretend to be the father of the kids. He just no. He- I mean, well, he has a relationship with the son because he's the kid's teacher. Yes, like, yeah, and so he's he, a good he he's just- a good teacher. Like it's yeah, it's and it's not even like. He stays like, more like responsible friend figure to the kid yeah. as opposed to being like, I'm your dad now, which is always a weird thing that happens in these movies when there's a at some point late in the movie uh, the, the the kid has to call this lumberjack dude who he just met two weeks ago. Uh, dad. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Very yeah. And there's well, I mean, there's not even so much of a courtship or that much like they're they're helping to kind of solve this mystery together. And he's a lot more like, yeah, let's let's go see what happens. Let's do this. And she's like. Everything is terrible. The world is bad. I can't like, and then like it's not till the end where they kind of like are you know skating at the Christmas tree. It's like oh okay, like there, there's like an attraction that clearly goes on before, but it's not. It doesn't take the centerpiece of the movie, and it does kind of like just have one of those. Oh yeah, the two attractive nice people. Guess they'll probably be together forever. Who knows? Who cares? Except that the last thing I want to talk about before we get into the movie. And more specifics, you know they made a sequel to this movie the next year, Peter. 
Uh, yeah, it's, it's we. Same. I almost watched the wrong one. Uh, same director, uh, same writer. Couldn't get Kelly Kapowski or Josh Hopkins back as uh, the characters, but the elf is the same. They got they got Bailey Madison elf. Do you know without looking who they replaced the two adult leads with? Uh, uh, I mean. All right, so one is a giveaway because I already knew this. Um, okay. Aunt, uh, Aunt Becky on, yep. uh, from Full House. Yep. Because um, we discussed in the confusion, Bill was curious. Uh, Bill Fox from last week, who's curious about which movie we were doing. I love the idea that if they had to make a North Pole 3, they'd have to get Tiffany Thiessen back. Because now uh, Becky from Full House is toxic. <laughs> <laughs> but somehow not in prison. Um, They're like, actually, we have it out. Oh, we can't have Lori Laughlin. Well, you know, in the first one. <laughs> uh, it'd be even weirder if they kept the a different uh, uh, teacher, dad, probably now stepdad lead. And so, like, they just keep pairing them off. Um, but yeah. Uh, the uh, I'll, give you, is, I'll give you a hand. It is, wasn't um, Dustin Diamond. <laughs> that, that, that would be a very that would be a turn in the character. I imagine. Um, Didn't Dustin Diamond do pornography? Uh, I think he leaked and tried to sell a sex tape. Oh, Dylan McDermott. <laughs> it's oh Dermot Mulroney. Yes, Matt Dillon. <laughs> what? No, <laughs> you're right. It's old Dermot. You know Dermot. Mul- uh, Mulrooney is a good. Old, you say old Dermot. It Hold sounds on. like it's like an old leather bag. Oh my! I'll, I'll be bringing my old Dermot with me. Dermot Mulroney, sexy name. Dermot without the last name, garbage. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's. It's a. You it's can't a, just be like thing. Dermot. Yeah. Like where? Like. Dermot Mulroney, oh, what a probably a billionaire, probably lives 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 the high life. He goes out and has cigars with the boys. Uh, and Dermot, like, get out of the gutter, Dermot. <laughs> <laughs> this is my gutter. You don't own this gutter. Like Dylan McDermott, Dylan's fine, but you can't just be named Dermot. <laughs> yeah, no. D- like, what? Does he have a nickname like Dermy? <laughs> People are probably you're like, hey, Mr. Moroni, please call me Dermot Moroni. <laughs> please call me Mats, like the applesauce. Call me Mr. M, worst case. <laughs> Not Mr. D. Do you think his wife calls him Dermot Moroni? How do you know he's married? Maybe he's living the bachelor life. Uh, no. I'm sorry. You lock that down. If you get yourself a Dermot. If you get a Dylan McDermott or a Dermot Moroni or a Matt Dylan, you lock it down. <laughs> Do you think Matt Damon's uh, yeah. career would now be he's been doing... married, it's been two times. <laughs> Do you think Matt, Do- Matt Damon's career would be doing as well if his name was like uh, Dil- Dylan, M- Dylan McDermott? <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> if they you think, in the mix. <laughs> Do you think that when Matt Damon became big, Matt Dylan was like, fuck you it's too close <laughs> it is too close like they don't they don't have the same style they don't look alike i think no. matt Dillon started acting maybe a decade before there's a hundred percent a grandma who's like sees a poster and sees matt Dillon's name and is like oh jason Bourne's in this <laughs> <laughs> will hunting <laughs> this grandma's played by adam sandler <laughs> 
but uh, Dermot McDillon is in the sequel. Well, why didn't we watch the sequel also, Aaron? Dermot Mc- McDillon is not in the sequel. First of all, I'm oh, fine being Matt done McDermott. with this. Yep. <laughs> Goofy McToggleson. <laughs> McNulty? <laughs> McNulty from The Wire is in the sequel. McNulty. Um, What's the what's the what's the Mandalorian meme or the remix of like Mick McClintock? Is that oh uh, where's McClunky? It's McClintock into McClunky into yeah. That's who that's who's in the sequel. McClunky from Star Wars: A New Hope, famous character. Yeah, we we're good at meme jokes. We should we should hit on. I pay I pay attention that. to people freaking out about things for three days. Uh, <laughs> get it right every time. Consumes my life. Uh, the only memes I do are old. I'm still talking about Creech. Yeah, but, but that's a classic. Uh, Creech is a classic meme. Classic memes. Classic meme, classic car. Can't wait till that's taught in my kid's social studies class. <laughs> uh, all the memes that your kids, your parents grew up with. <laughs> You're going to have children of studying textbook age way before I do. Um, can I uh, borrow one of your children's textbooks for a couple days and then... Paint, just put a movie talking about I don't know federalism or some shit and I type a picture of Creech inside the book and put a little caption that's, that it just talks about the movie Monster Trucks just to see if they try and connect the two ideas and it drives them irrevocably insane. I like the idea that in 15 years like memes have divided been divided into ages uh, in the same way that like we divided ages when people learned to use different metals well so it's like, <laughs> the Bronze Age was mostly LOL cats and chocolate rain. And then they discovered gifts. Ask your parents, go home, sit down and go. Uh, see if you can find a 4K Ultra 8K copy of Monster Trucks. And they'll explain, it's going to look pretty old, but they'll explain it to you. Do like, you think oh. that they'll ever retrofit Monster Trucks for, um, you know, VR? Uh, ideally, do you think that if Douglas Lehman ever got rich, the first thing he would do is buy uh, MonsterPicks.com? Absolutely. And what an investment. Yeah. What an investment. Anyways, do you want to talk, I don't know, about North Pole? Don't say the North Pole because holy fuck, they don't say that in this movie. That was my biggest annoyance. My, my, <laughs> my biggest annoyance in this movie is that every time they don't say the North Pole, they say North Pole. Very frustrating. No one says that. They just say North Pole, like it's a town. Yeah, like I got when the elves and the Santa were doing it, like, uh, be like, oh, okay, they have a weird, goofy way of saying it. Like, we got to go to uh, to North Pole, but like, um, but like when everyone just says it, like, you mean up at North Pole? <laughs> <laughs> it was weird, no. and I don't like it. I, this was shot in Canada, so I assume. That maybe in Canada, they don't say the North Pole, they say North Pole? Well, yeah, when you're talking about the North Pole, the real place where Santa lives, and you live so close, like Canadians do, eventually you start dropping the the because of familiarity. Yeah, they think it's like the fucking Pixies. (laughs) Just Pixies. Pixies. Just, Um, did you say the Pixies? You're not a fan. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like a, it sounds like a... Uh, post-apocalyptic, uh, you know, gutter speak thing where they just like, I know. Are you ready for your trial at North Pole? <laughs> <laughs> you will go to Wall next week. 
Not wall. Blood will flow at North Pole this year. <laughs> you will ride carousel. Not to carousel. No, no, no. Carousel. <laughs> That's a carousel. Yeah. Carousel. All right. Yeah. I don't know. Let's talk yeah, about Yeah, I, sh- I sure Natalie would like to talk about North Pole. Oof. Remember her name. I'll tell you what. That doesn't make the Santa in this movie go ho, ho, ho. <laughs> what, what does it make him? What does it make him do? hide from the authorities <laughs> and from justice do you think that this santa is so infrequently in the film because he's hiding from the authorities he's i mean it was shot in canada this is essentially like witness protection <laughs> yeah or roman polanski running away to europe mm, fun hallmark christmas movie episode we're doing <laughs> all right we'll be right back we'll be right back. After, after these complete messages Start spreading the news by jet or by slave. You wanna be a part of it, North Pole, North Pole. You snooze and you lose. So come here to play. Here at the very heart of it, North Pole, North Pole. Peter! Alternate taglines? Your alternate taglines! She's the Thesen for the season. <laughs> that was very good. Thanks. It's your best one in like two years. Okay, it's official. Alternate taglines renewed for another season. Oh, <laughs> <Right> no! <laughs> On the back of that, Blockbuster? <laughs> I think we gotta do a spinoff and reboot it at the same time. We're gonna have three alternate tagline universes. One... In one of them, only Robert Pattinson does the taglines. <laughs> one of them, we specifically never let Jared Leto do a tagline again. Uh, oh, man, if you're a film buff, you're probably dying at these jokes Oh, right man, now. you're loving this stuff. You're loving it. You're like, I get it because I follow movie news. <laughs> I, lo- I love going to the website movienews.com and hearing all the newest the newest and getting the news who's Batman who's not the Joker who's the Joker how many Jokers we got in here it's like a stock ticker tape I'm just it's reeling in all day off of a little thread I'm like huh huh there's a new Joker oh my gosh the movie's canceled it's back on uh the plot of this movie is do you think over so, like uh, the an insane asylum they just release green smoke when there's a new joker yeah <laughs> uh the new joker has been crowned i'm only doing this voice i'm too tired to do other voices it's just new uh, voices equals new characters so yeah no it's a lot yeah, of work. New vo- same voice different characters every time they all have a lot of nuance they just speak the same <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, but I'm going to keep uh, interrupting you all night whenever you yeah. try and get us back on track. It's fine. We just have, I mean, no one's listening to this episode and going, I hope they give North Pole its due. <laughs> uh, and also, if you are listening, we are. Okay. So maybe back off. Uh, anyways, this movie starts with you find out that the Northern Lights are actually like, I, I, I somehow like I didn't take notes. It's kind of magic, brain, but essentially are like magic crystals of like people that believe in Christmas that then go up to the sky and explode into the magic snow. You took a big that makes everyone happy Christmas. and and grants Christmas witches. That's I mean that's what it is because at some point 
the elf character throws a snowball at the little kid. Um, who's ten? <laughs> I think it's not that little. And uh, I was like, hey, oh, now I'm happy. Yeah, because it's magic snow that makes you happy when I throw it at you. Anyways, uh, so uh, Tiffany Thiessen is raising his her son, who's ten. They move into a new area. It really makes it seem like the dad has died, but then you find out, have, like, everyone's super sad. He's really having a hard time, which I guess can be of, like, divorce, too. But, like, everything about it was, like... He's no longer around, not I divorced your husband. Also, I'm going to skip ahead. Do you remember the reason why she divorced her husband? Now, you can get divorced for any reason. I don't want to um, judge your divorce. She, But it's an, up, it's an insane reason. She uh, tried to sabotage his uh, test pilot exercise, and he survived. And she was just so mad that he lived that she divorced him. <laughs> That's the dad from Airbud in, in probably one of the sequels. Uh, no, they were both. So she's a writer. She's a, a, a journalist at this like t- this small town paper. But that's what she wanted to be a writer. And this is what she said: They were both writers, but um, he, her husband, had big dreams and didn't uh, work as hard in her estimation as her. Uh, to get the writing done and just always wanted to plan more writing. And then so she's like uh, – because she's like – she's kind of setting herself up as this like I'm a practical – I don't have time for dreamers or magic or belief in my life. So she divorced her husband and moved away from the kid's dad who apparently seems like a nice guy because he's really struggling from uh, separation because he wasn't as a uh, – he wasn't as practical of a writer and just trying to get something out the door as she was. Uh, first draft, so last draft, get it out the door, Tiffany uh, Sans Amber Thiessen. Yeah, she is Sandsburg. L. Ron Thiessen. L. <laughs> L. Ron Thiessen. <laughs> um, but, like, it was like, so first it's kind of, it's so kind of like that kind of hallmark morbid, like, of course, the dad's dead. And then it turns out to be a divorce because he didn't write hard enough. Do you think that... Uh, she was just upset that he never wrote his uh, anarchist uh, manifesto and he never got it out there by blowing up people. And she was just like, he's just not ambitious enough. Yeah, this would. Well, the whole point was that he was too ambitious and he didn't get enough work done. So he's a big picture guy, but not not an execution guy. Yeah. So like <clears throat> he wouldn't have say she also probably wouldn't have. Survived in a relationship with jo- James Joyce. <laughs> <laughs> Just off the top of my head. That girl Super is Joyce. Um, Joyce! Uh, Tiffany Amber Joyce. <laughs> um, so anyways, so... Uh, the, the but the Santa's like tells this elf also that's brutal. who's like 13. like my husband didn't write enough not that he didn't like bring home money or anything specifically he didn't write exactly the way I would have preferred him to write but he was also a writer yeah um, kind of and also like then also, to also move feeds, yeah they they had to get away from him. Well, the problem is, is that so this movie's I mean, one of many problems. It's not that serious of a movie, but whatever. Like, is that she's supposed to be this like cold, cynical person, and she's just not like that. I don't think cold and cynical is a good Tiffany Amber Thiessen like character shade that she can uh, deploy well. Um, she seems like a super nice 
kind person who uh, on the distrust- level. On the level, yeah, like, there's not like this, I'm just so jaded by life. Um, but that's what she keeps saying to people in the movie, even if it doesn't come off all that well. Anyways. She's a hard-boiled noir reporter. <laughs> so, anyways, this elf is, like, talking to Santa because there's not as much northern lights and snow magic. And uh, Santa's like, yeah, not enough people believe in Christmas. For example, this kid moved to this town where this tree's not going to light up. Terrible. So, this elf... Is like, I'm going to go and save Christmas through this, like, I think it's supposed to be, like, an example of Christmas or whatever. Um, it's not <laughs> it's, it's not going well on a the, more planetary amount, basis. The amount of, uh, the amount of <sighs> Christmas or whatever I'm getting this episode does not bode well for our next two weeks. And it's, and also in real life, it is not even Thanksgiving yet. <laughs> So, A, I think, I do think that Full House is going to, we're going to have a lot to talk about. Uh, and next week will be a lot of fun with Carrie. But, like, I don't know. There's, like, so anyways, the, the whole point is this. So, she goes, and she's an elf, and she's hanging out with the with the son. I should just get his name, so I stop calling him the son. But, like, like Kevin. What, Kevin. Um, oh, yeah, name your kid Kevin in a Christmas movie. Good call. Movie. Yeah, um, I, I thought about that a lot and how generic <laughs> it is. And also, I looked up the actor, and he plays Kevin in at least two other projects. <laughs> He's a Kevin. Um, so, Clementine is the name of the 13-year-old elf. Becomes friends with Kevin, says, I'm an elf. And then, like, again, a bunch of, like, copies of a copy of a copy <laughs> is done of, like, elf moments of her not understanding how non-elf culture works. Uh Meanwhile, our investigative journalist of a mom is like, uh, A, first, my kid's crazy. This person doesn't exist. And B, like, doesn't just thinks her son's lying about her being an elf. Which, again, like, if you're an investigative reporter, it's like you should understand there's a magic elf who keeps doing all these crazy things. But for a while, it's kind of a Tyler Durden type situation because he keeps getting into mischief and then blaming the elf who's not around. And she's like, the elf again? He's like, I swear, the elf helped me up this tree to put the lights on it. And the mom's like, I gotta talk I gotta talk to this kid. As opposed to, like, uh, he needs to see some, you know, serious evaluation. But then later, Clementine's like, yep, I'm an elf. And the teacher and her are like, we're gonna figure out why they're not lighting the tree this year. To take a real quick um, step back, there is a moment yeah, where, like, is the kid is the kid crazy or is he just really lonely? Kind of moment, like uh, Charlie from uh, Santa Claus. Yeah, um, and there's a lot of Santa Claus in this. There's a lot of Santa Claus and a lot of elf. Uh, so, anyways, so meanwhile, Tiffany uh, Thiessen believes she's uncovering a conspiracy where the land has been <laughs> bought Tiffany? up. <laughs> yeah, Tiffany. <laughs> Tiffany. Um, <Say> Tiffany? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I did. Uh, <laughs> where the land, uh, so the reason that there's not a um, a lighting of a snow tree, <laughs> the lighting of a Christmas tree this year is that the land has been bought up by a real estate developer, and there we have our antagonist, real estate, real estate, uh, estate developer wants to build condos. Also, I should just say, like this tree isn't like in the middle of the town; it's in like what you would call like the country that no one goes to. It's a really weird place for like your Christmas tree. Anyway, 
Um, yeah, wait, why is it not in the middle of their, like, charming town square? Yeah, also, it's, if it's can, just nowhere. Yeah, if you can picture a uh, <sighs> charming small town lifetime dash hallmark uh, town, um, that's it. Yeah. that's This is the town, except for there's no room for a tree. There's, like, a few non-evergreen trees, and then Christmas tree, and then just some space and, like, an old dirt road. Like, that's where everyone's really... Anyway, it's weird. Um, so she's like, yep, of course. Greedy real estate developers uh, have taken this, uh, this this tree, this Christmas tradition. I have a right to be cynical and hate Christmas. Also, by the way, we should mention Kevin does go to the North Pole and meet Santa earlier on so that she knows he's an elf and then she comes back to help him. Anyway, it's, yeah, it's uh, that's Church only important Santa because Claus where like he has like affirmative proof, but everyone else is operating off of faith, basically. Yep. Yep. Uh, so the the but it turns out it's not greedy land developers that are the bad guys it's actually journalism that's the bad guy because <laughs> um the greedy land developer was getting condos somewhere else and he had bought the land because his lovely wife of uh 5 years had passed away and it was her favorite spot in the world so he had bought it to surprise renovate it and make it beautiful again but didn't want to announce it to anyone because his wife would have never uh, liked that kind of attention or memorialized. So he wanted to just be a good dude and give a give a secret present to the town on behalf of his wife. Um, but which is nice, except a again, your wife's been dead for five years. So you had a lot of time to do this. And B, why would you shut everything down to do the renovations right before Christmas? <laughs> like you can't just skip a Christmas. You had 12 months. Um, so poor, poorly planned out, but maybe he's really mourning his wife or something. <laughs> but it, it is interesting how the, the movie has such low stakes. Like, let's let's take a step back. Yeah, it's not even like they. Why not? Had, We're like, not going to get al- back to all this stuff. It's not like they had an alcoholic, uh, abusive ex husband. He was just not in the same career trajectory as t- uh, Tiffany Thiessen. Had a different work ethic. Frankly, that, frankly, the, the amount of vagueness they use there is, is uh, raises more questions than it answers. He's still outlining. I want him to be writing. This is over. We don't outline in my house. That's my beliefs. No outline. You, you know what they say? Never date the Unabomber. <laughs> well, the Unabomber got a lot of writing done. So that no, it seems he was like planning it was a the- trilogy. He only did like he only did his one manifesto and then some like articles and like journalistic articles and science journals like i you know like just because you get one manifesto out you're done like who do you think you are germs jurors peter i don't know how many manifestos you've you've read but i don't think their biggest issue is too much planning (laughs) i feel like it's just just kind of haphazard like stream of consciousness (laughs) writing so like look Wait, you're saying Karl Marx didn't later write an, a uh, the ideal brunch manifesto? Well, I think Karl Marx and uh, while he did use the he did use the word manifesto. It's a little different than the the uni- the word manifesto has really been co opted by some some of the worst people in our society, uh, which Karl Marx was not. Karl Marx was good. He was good, as was Frederick Engels. Good Germans, but, but you know who was not so good. And, and I, you know, I know we have lived in a, f- a polarized political time, but hopefully we can all agree the Unabomber. Not so much. 
I feel like blowing off people's hands with packages is probably it's not ideal. I like if you if you had never heard the news ever and were like, this huh. guy's the Unabomber, you'd go, I assume he sent one bomb tops. But he sent he, he way sent more. Unabomber. Una. Yeah, he should have been called the multi bomber. Just bomber. Yeah, the male bomber. You know it's not cool? Sending one bomb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool. You know what is cool? Sending a hundred. So, anyways, what were we talking? Oh, yeah. So that's why she was mad is because his real, his real uh, ambitions, his real work was making bombs, and he just didn't send enough out. So, anyways, but he, but uh, but she that movie is, is so low conflict. Also, so the movie is so low conflict that even Christmas in this town wasn't really at risk. No, uh, it was just that they thought he was at risk. And then it was just a a dude trying to memorialize his wife in secret without making a big show. And she's over there talking, kicking down the mayor's door. Why is the tree? And the mayor knows and stuff. And's like, dude, like he's trying to like, just leave it alone. It's fine. (laughs) There's a conspiracy in this town. Like, and then she finds out. But but then there is a conspiracy because she already wrote the story and demonized this man's name. Like that he was going, he was destroying Christmas for the town. Then she finds out the truth in a very sad scene where he's just like, I just love my wife. You know, but wife what, lover. I wanted to do something nice. Uh, you call me Bob wife lover for nothing. <laughs> yeah. I love all wives, but it's, but, but mostly my. Mostly um, the dead one. Uh, <laughs> and, uh. but then, so then there is like literally five minutes to go in the movie. They're like, oh shit. Like, the writer was probably like, great, 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 great. Everyone's a good guy. Great. No bad guys. Christmas. Happy movie. Great. Oh, shit. Should we have an antagonist? The newspaper editor. (laughs) Like, they have Uh, not. Also, from Jason X. He's the horny professor in Jason X. Yeah. He is only a villain in real life and and the movies. Um, uh, he redeems himself goes, in this movie, though. She goes, holy shit, I ruined this guy's reputation from poor investigation, jumping to conclusions, really just all conjecture, which makes sense. I'm a terrible investigative journalist. Really, what I should have done, like my ex-husband would say, is do more planning. But no, I just had to write. And I've ruined this nice old man's reputation, although he probably is like a millionaire, so how nice can he be? But in this movie, he's nice. Uh, so wait, are you saying this movie is similar to like The Guest? Where you're like, <laughs> it's just a bunch of small town people with small town problems, and then all of a sudden you drop like an atom bomb from a different movie in, into the, the world? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's exactly what I'm saying. A, a, a poorly sourced, assuming worked at Fox News. <laughs> Gotta find the scandal. Uh, some like, some local like Fox the News most affiliate. ambitious. She's from like a big, a much bigger movie, and then all of a sudden she just gets dropped into the like the barely even a plot plotting mechanics of this small town, and then all of a sudden she's like, "I know what I can do. Fuck it all up." Yeah, she's like from Norma Ray. <laughs> Yeah, she's uh, she's uh, whatever uh, Mark Ruffalo in that new Dark Waters movie coming out, or John Travolta in that one movie. Great examples: a movie that hasn't come out that I don't know anything about, and John Travolta in that one movie. In that one movie, where he plays a lawyer, a small town lawyer coming in. Are you talking about like a civil action? Yeah, who's seen a civil action? I don't know. Me. <laughs> that movie made like five million dollars. Like it was a huge flop. Five million dollars is a lot of money, Aaron. Do you have five million dollars? 
Uh, well, if I did, I wouldn't up. spend it on a civil action. <laughs> um, Wait, are you saying one person paid one ticket for $5 million? <laughs> That's why no one could see it. Not because it was a bad movie, they just priced the tickets all wrong. <laughs> People went on Fandango and were like, this can't be right. They closed the app, they restarted it every time. $5 million. And someone was like... "Is this?" Uh, Martin, what's his, what's his name? The guy about the Wu-Tang album? Martin Scarelli. Yeah, he's, he's like, I'm going to get the one ticket to a civil action. I'm two. He was two. <laughs> and he went to go see a civil action for $5 million. And, um, I don't know what he, what he came out being like. I think it's probably good that more people didn't see civil action. <laughs> This is the most anyone's ever talked about civil action, like, of all uh, time. Next week, civil action. <laughs> civil action. Um, anyways, so, yeah, so the newspaper editor, she's like, hey, I've ruined this man's life. Like, we need to print a retraction. He's like, eh, the story played pretty good. This is a good scandal. Let's look at uh, Let's wait till after the holidays. And then, like, we'll have the whole thing kind of blow over. Then we'll put a little retraction on the back page. And she's like, well, that's shitty. I quit. So she must not be a Fox News uh, correspondent. Uh, she has somewhat more ethics than that, I guess. <laughs> uh, but this comes out of nowhere with five minutes to go. So she goes to the tree lighting and kisses Josh Hopkins, or whatever his last name is. Joshkins. And, uh... Joshkins, and and then the then she, while they're skating and enjoying the magic of the tree, then the newspaper editor is also skating and is like, "Look, crazy mistake! Like I was way off. You're rehired. We're publishing at the first page. Oh, she writes her own manifesto that says uh, and publishes it on uh, the uh, the newspaper's blog, saying I'm a bad reporter, and and he's like, after reading that, I realize you're actually the best reporter, and I made the mistake. Come back and work for the newspaper, and that's the end. And here's where I think the ripoff of this movie is. Like, were you? expecting the entire movie oh and also she learns like who cares if my kid thinks this is an elf i should just embrace the magic of the season i was like the best part of elf movies by specifically the one and santa claus movies and i know it's a cheap cinematic trick but like one of the best things about those like santa is real movies is when the characters who have spent the entire movie doubting the existence of Santa or magic, like, believe in the magic first, and then they get rewarded with, holy shit, we're at the North Pole. The fucking movie's called North Pole. The picture of them on the cover of the poster is all four of them at North Pole. They don't go to North Pole. <laughs> The mom, the the soon-to-be probably new dad who can probably write quicker because he has to do lesson plans for kids all day. And Tiffany Thiessen, they, like, they don't ever get to learn that Santa, (laughs) our murderous Santa is real or get to go to the North Pole. And I feel ripped off. Allegedly. Murderous. You gotta cover our ass, Aaron. We're gonna get sued. You think we're, you think Robert Wagner would be the best publicity this podcast could get? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Plus, we'll just say it's sat- we'll just say it's satire, like our pizza guy in New York. Oh, oh, pizza pie! Oh, oh, Robert Wagner killed Natalie Wood. It's all part of the satire that we. The problem is on. We, we love to watch. Our first three episodes were a true crime podcast, so. 
Yeah, uh, that's why we had to rebrand. Well, it was about us watching crimes. As they were being committed, and we realized, this is no good. We're accessories. And then eventually we decided that We Love to Watch needed to be about movies not and about not movies. crimes. We're like, we need to watch something. And Peter's like, we'll name something that's not a crime. And I couldn't. It was pretty sad, actually. But yeah, we have a lot of deleted episodes like, we love to watch uh, clouds. <laughs> <laughs> we love to watch gently rolling stream. <laughs> we love to watch a furious angry stream. We tried it all. The listenership was about flat between uh, a babbling brook and an angry stream. <laughs> Uh, yeah, which showed us who gives a fuck. Let's just do another movie podcast, I guess. Um, well, also, it's hard because, like, did I have to go find a comparatively calming stream? Do you think our listenership has gone up or down during this episode? Ooh. Um, I'm going to say the people, they're still listening. And by people, I mean technically more than one person. I mean, anyone who is hearing this is still listening. <laughs> Anyone else will never get this far. Uh, so anyways, yeah, where you kind of felt like like that, it, it's like it's a cheap thing that does work for me every time. Like if you made a hundred movies where at the end, the characters who doubt the existence of Santa and Christmas magic are like, holy shit, Santa's real. It will work for me a hundred times out of a hundred. It's just it's something that like. Gets me every time. It works in all three Santa Claus movies. Like, in in the Santa Claus movies, in each one, someone goes, holy shit, Santa's real. And it works the first time, the second time, and the third time. And in some of those movies, they do it three or four times per movie. And it works every time. So the fact that they didn't do it in everything, both on the structures of the movies they were ripping off, and the DVD cover seemed to indicate that these people are going to see Santa and the North Pole. I felt a little bit. Why the fuck is this even called North Pole? Should it be called like uh, old country tree? Technically, a Cracker Barrel ripoff that was shut down in 1988. <laughs> it is funny. Like, I feel like they had 50 minutes of plot and were like, I don't know. Let's add an elf. Because everything about this movie with them not getting to the North Pole, like could have been done minus elf and Santa. Right? Like, because it's like they go to the town, the kid's sad because his mom divorces easily and then moves them <laughs> away. And um, uh, they find out the tree's not getting lit. She invent like, that. he gets super into the idea of saving the tree. They help investigate. Like, they never even go back to the North. The only thing they go back to the North Pole at the end is like, they just see Santa and Mrs. Claus, who, yeah, you're right, should stay way away from that bridge. Isn't it kind um, of a they, they should steer clear? But, like, he just is like, I guess Santa, like, I guess Christmas worked out. Ho-, like, it's, it's ten seconds. Also, wait, hold on. Also, isn't this movie supposed to end with, like, us getting to see, like, the full moment where Tiffany Amber Thiessen, she's... She's been so, so cynical this whole movie, and now she's been rewarded for her faith, and she gets to go see the North Pole herself, and we get to see the smile creep up on her face, yeah. and she gets handed a cookie by some. Peter, have you not street. been listening? That's what I've been I, saying. I know, but like I'm saying, like, I'm describing it exactly as they do it in the Santa yeah. Claus too. Last year we did a special episode on the three Santa Claus movies, and we both agreed that all three are excellent. Um, but we agreed the first one and a half are. <laughs> 
I'm going to watch all three again this year. <laughs> it's going to happen. Look, as dumb it's as gonna... it is, the rom- the romantic Elizabeth Mitchell, Tim Allen thing in Santa Claus 2 gets me every fucking time. It does. It works. It works. It works but... really well. One of my first notes is that the special effects for the North Pole legitimately look better than Santa Claus 3. <laughs> they don't. They don't. I disagree. This Hard movie disagree. is way worse than Santa Claus 3. Uh, On, here's my argument. No. Here's my argument. Santa one. Claus 3 is one of the worst things I've ever seen. In my life. Santa Claus 3 is amazing. Santa Claus 3 is, while a terrible movie, uh, just chock full. <laughs> just chock full of moments that make me laugh. Almost none of them intentional, mind you. And I have a, I have a big old soft spot. But it's so painful to look at. It is it is I not know, the ugliest movie of all time, but it is in the running. The aesthetic for two and three is incredibly hideous, but um, it's not quite in that way that like the Jim Carrey Grinch is hideous, where like there's a purity to the Jim Carrey Grinch movie that I admire. Like it's the ugliest movie ever, but you but like the fucking what if someone got Dr. Seuss right, but filtered through the perception of someone who hates Dr. Seuss? <laughs> it does look like someone is sarcastically doing set design. <laughs> oh, this is perfect. Oh, don't worry. What if he had a goofy blunder? Let's put more clinkity clocks and skippity doos, just like Dr. Seuss would want. Well, that Dr. Seuss guy, I, put, I bet he put a cloppity D right next to a cloppity don't. And I am repeating it because I want to make sure I'm matching Dr. Seuss's aesthetic vision. Are you serious or is that just how you talk? Pop on pop, go dog go. So you're saying. Where did you get this prop? Oh, I think I saw it on Mulberry Street. What is this guy? I mean, he's getting it all right, but I still feel like he's mocking it. Oh, God. Yeah, um. But yeah, do you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a, like there's like an aesthetic purity to how ugly the Grinch movie looks. Um, yeah. And and but two and three, uh, Santa Claus two and three don't have that sort of aesthetic purity. They just look like it's all just like fucking glitter. Just fucking we, we talked about this. Face. Everything in Santa Claus two at the North Pole is terrible. With like, <laughs> with like the Rudolph who's like, let's make a cute reindeer. Likes to play with the kids and say goofy one-liners, but let's really have acid. And everything back in, fuck, I don't know, probably Illinois, Detroit. It takes place in Michigan, yeah. You know why? Because that's where Tim Allen allegedly deals his cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) He's from Michigan. (laughs) Dude, I really wish when you're dealing me cocaine, you wouldn't make that laugh noise. (laughs) <laughs> it's I'm really, really anxious. it's really easy to identify you on all if we get like have a wire oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, i was watching uh i was uh the the disney like nature documentary chimpanzees from 2009 or something like that one of their like yearly disney nature things they put out and tim allen is the narrator and not once. I mean, with monkeys. It's all monkeys. Monkeys who make grunts. Like, if I ask my one-year-old what a monkey says, she goes, ooh, 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 ah, ah, ah. And not once did Tim Allen make a grunt noise. That's so, A, right. why are you getting Tim Allen to narrate your nature documentary? Because he doesn't believe in nature. I don't believe. And two, <laughs> if you're going to narrate a documentary about chimps, throw in a little, uh, uh, uh. 
And then the monkey thought to himself, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> You're already, like, making up fake names for all the fucking monkeys. And, like, telling a dumb story instead of just letting the nunky- monkeys be nunkies. Why yeah, well, well, let, let nunky be monkey. That's what I always say. <laughs> that's, like, that's like a Disney movie from the 50s that's on there. Like, <laughs> let nunky be monkey. <laughs> <laughs> From Nunky to Monkey. Starring Don Knotts as <laughs> Nunky. You're a monkey! I'm a Nunky! That's what I said! I'm Bob Nunky! Nice to meet you! Don Knotts is Nunky. <laughs> In the sequel, Nunky Business. <laughs> Sixteen minutes in, I'm pretty sure we've only talked about Robert Wagner as a murderer. <laughs> well, and Nunky Business, clearly a movie we need to write about nuns who get into trouble. <laughs> Sister Act Three, Nunky Business. Uh, Sister Act Three, going bananas. <laughs> That'd be Nunky Act. <laughs> Nunky Act. Yeah, it's a different franchise. Uh, um, similar to, uh, what's the Santa Chronicles on Netflix from last Chris- year? Christmas Chronicles. Christmas Chronicles. That's good, though. Ooh. Can we, can we, uh, can we do all the Santa Claus movies again this year? <laughs> sure. <laughs> but we have to Which do it every, every year. Um, and then we'll compare and see if we had different opinions each time. So... She decides that the that whatever his name is, Josh, is a gonna be a good dad for her <laughs> kids when uh, he's giving. They're like having a fake, you know, Hallmark Channel type snowball fight, but he literally like pushes his face into the snow, and, he, <laughs> and she looks at him like, "Yeah, he's gonna be." She and then she says something like, "I never knew he was so good with kids," and like has like sex eyes at him. And it's like, he just, like, face-washed your kid. Like, that's the time when you're like, perfect. That's what his dad was like, too. He constantly slammed my kid's face in the snow and, and uh, added uh, a bibliography when he didn't need to. She's like, I'm a writer. Their father was a writer. I just really want to raise them as wrestlers. And, and the, the one guy's like... Absolutely no problem. I can, I can toss your kid's dumbass around all day. I just need to know one thing before we get married. You're against annotations, right? Because <laughs> it's just too much work. You're not publishing. Like, people can look it up. But I link to Wikipedia. It's fine. <laughs> um, every one of her dates is eight, is eight seconds long, and it's just her going out with English majors and asking uh, them what they think of AP style. And as soon as they start <laughs> voicing an opinion, they, she leaves. Her test is like every year she gives new boyfriends the AP style guide, and then like comes back a week later to hope to find it in the garbage. 
<laughs> and then she puts her hand over her heart. It's like, oh. good. He also doesn't care about double spacing. <laughs> so the only other thing, my only other note is that, like, there's a big mystery with, like, how to hide her ears. And they, she's like, all right, humans don't know what elves are. Okay, I gotta hide my ears. And then, like, but she's wearing a hat. Like, she can just pull her hat down. But they spend like five minutes trying to figure out how to hide her ears. Um, there, there is a whole exchange. Let's talk about Clementine. Um, there's a whole exchange with, uh, with her and him where they're like, "Well, in my neighborhood, you don't dress like that, and in your neighbor, and in my neighborhood, you don't dress like that." It's very, it's very uncomfortable because they're like basically like joking about race stuff, but with elves. And he basically tells her, like, hey, yeah, you uh, look different. And he's pointing at his, like, rounded ears to her pointy ears. She's like, oh. And she's realizing for the first time in her life that this is something that she is allowed to feel shame about. She When he comes to the North Pole, too, she's like, throw on these tights and shoes. And he's like, if people at school saw me wear these tights and shoes, I never hear the end of it. And so he but he eventually does it. And then, like, he fools no one because the first person they run into is Santa. And Santa knows all the kids. And he's like, Timmy, Gavin, great seeing you up here. He's like, oh, shit. Uh, yeah, they run into the boss immediately, and he and, and yeah. Timmy's like, "Hey, uh, can, can I go?" He home? just gets a chance to like be like shitty about like traditional gender roles, <laughs> tights. <laughs> and Robert Wagner's like, "I'll drive Kevin home," and everyone is like ushering, like, "No, no, no, I'll, we'll give Kevin a ride home. That's fine." <laughs> How do you feel about open waterways? <laughs> Do you know Santa has a sleigh, but do you know that he has a yacht? <laughs> Meet my friend. We call him Chrissy. <laughs> what the hell happened on that boat? That's what I'm saying. What? That's what they'll be saying about Santa boat? someday. <laughs> yeah, well, I wouldn't worry. I don't think uh, his mom's going to be able to crack the case anytime soon. <laughs> Because she's a bad investigative journalist. She's a bad investigative journalist. She's She mostly just runs on hunches. <laughs> yeah. She's a big hunch Hunches. Fan. Tree. Land. Yeah. Condos. Done. Done. Yeah. How dare you make the real estate developer a good guy? Movie. Yeah, what a weird thing to do. Propaganda at the worst. The dude who's yeah. making condos is, is uh, secretly the best person in this movie. Newspaper editor, evil for a little bit. Until he reads... Uh, blog post that says i'm a bad journalist and then he's like oh yeah i should rehire her the person who said she's a bad journalist <laughs> and she was a bad journalist but yeah she was she was on honesty um yeah. so we can can we talk about clementine a little bit more clementine is this like yeah and then we should just be done super bouncy like energy sprite um and she's clearly sort of riffing off of will ferrell and in, in uh, elf but at the risk of it, it, well, and, and and yeah, I call it manic pixie dream elf because she basically comes into the movie. Kevin has no discernible personality except for he's just like a white kind of boring kid, and then she's just like, "Hi, I'm going to define the rest of the movie," um, and she makes all the decisions for this poor kid. And it's like very similar to the the, the Garden State Elizabeth Town thing where like 
she is just all of a sudden in his life. He doesn't have to make a goddamn decision about anything. He never has a moment of doubt. He never has to encourage her. She's just like, hi, I'm here to fix it, which works in Elf. But for some reason in this context where they're sort of supposed well, to be like, he, look, I'm, I'm just going to say, I think Will Ferrell plays that type of character better. This is played in a way that feels uh, like cloying. Like someone needs to be on their meds. Like and I, <laughs> it I, does feel like a man. I don't episode. really want to get it. I don't, I don't want. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't want to ascribe like real diseases to people as like a joke. But like it is, it doesn't play for laughs. It's like that Will Ferrell energy to someone who's not Will Ferrell, and it seems like, like uh, I don't know. We like it's just it's kind. Of, it's overall just kind of disturbing. It's supposed to be that she's just, like, happy and real, but it comes across as uh, Stepford Wivesian. <laughs> yeah, and it's, like, it is, it's not funny and it's uncomfortable because, like, there is a part of me that's just, like, I, I want to get that child help. And I understand that's not what's going on, but, like, it's not, and, and it doesn't help that, obviously, like, Elf used all the good stuff, so it's a bunch of super uh weird stuff that she's like getting confused about and then yelling at people like in a very happy way so yeah it's i don't know it's not not my favorite part of the movie she's like what do you mean that's a notary public in the north pole a notary public is yep (laughs) but yeah do you recognize the actress from anything um, sort of, but I didn't look it up because I didn't care enough. At the risk of at the risk of being too mean to a child, um, I was like, <laughs> I I want to tout that the the actress uh, is really good in a movie called uh, Strangers Pray at Night. Oh yeah, I She's mean I've the seen lead that movie. That. She's great. Oh okay, yeah, I mean, I don't that's think a good movie. And I don't think why would been... that be? Why would that be mean to a child for you to say that you like? Her performance in Strangers. Oh, no. Everything else we were saying, I felt like, was maybe mean to a child. <laughs> I don't like critiquing children oh. performances that much. Makes me yeah. feel weird. Unless it's Macaulay Culkin in, uh, in uh, Don't don't Tell Dad That He's Dead to Me. What's that movie called? Uh, is Macaulay Culkin in Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead? <laughs> he's in... Uh, he's in the Good uh, Son? <laughs> the Page Master? Richie Rich? Uh, he's in The Thief Son. I don't think he's in The Thief's Son. He's in... uh yeah, it's Karen Culkin. <laughs> uh, honey, we shrunk our son's love for us. He's not in that. That's just his life. <laughs> this is a very dark episode. I think our Martyrs episode is more nuanced and less disturbing than this one. Our Martyrs episode... Now, Martyrs hasn't come out yet. It needed the it needed the the balance. Uh, North Pole needs any substance whatsoever. Here's what's funny: like I yeah, I can shit on literally anything this movie does because it's not a good movie. But I didn't like. I didn't hate what like I didn't hate watching it because I like Christmassy things, and this was fine and breezy and does not stand up to any level of scrutiny, which matches what Bill says said to us last week, right? He's like, fuck you for making us th- me think about these movies <laughs> that I just like watching and, and letting me wash over. And yeah, like, so it's, it's kind of tough. I think we're kind of in final thoughts here. Oh, yeah, we're there. But like, I don't like, do I recommend this to someone? I don't know. Is this the best example of this? I I, I mean, from the the little bit of internet research I did, I guess, like... 
so it's like, would is there other Christmas movies you should watch instead? Yeah, Santa Claus one and two, uh, and then Elf, and you basically have this movie. But again, like if it if it's on TV, I'm not like confused by it. I'm not annoyed by it. I wasn't like a, a Christmas Prince where starting the second movie felt like a uh, a painful task for me. Like I have to watch another one of these that was so like such a slog and not fun. And this was like, again, every decision is, is, uh, doesn't hold up to scrutiny. There's a lot of weird artifacts that you imagine them trying to force stuff into a script, but yeah, I guess, you know, it's fine. That's, that's what I got. Yeah. It's, it's, it is, it is the classic definition of, of this kind of movie, except for the, there's more special effects. Like the North pole looks like it was well produced. Like they dressed up, they, they dressed up some sort of set um, or some sort of, you know, town square to maybe the exact same town square to, to make the North Pole. Like it has a little bit more production value than these movies typically have. But the main plot and the like level of the lack of stress throughout is pretty typical for these movies. And in that way it's interesting that like it's it's very hard to find something to latch onto and like i said at the beginning very often they like stay um by buffing out all of the rough edges they can create a situation where like you feel like the movie was entirely insubstantial it's it's all you know cotton candy there's nothing there's no substance there but like the the lack of substance is weirdly the substance <laughs> Um, the fact that it's not stressful, <laughs> the fact that, um, you know where the plot is going at all times, like the fact that the big surprise shock in this movie is that the villain is actually a good guy, uh, is, is, is like, that's, it's, it's a shock. And the non-entity act. is actually the villain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and like even the even the reporter isn't allowed to be evil the movie was like hey you you really shouldn't have been stressed at all when you were watching this movie were you stressed about her job no well and even like her like i guess i'm just cynical anyways who wants some cupcakes and to go play in the snow (laughs) yes um, and she doesn't even and she works in a small town paper in the 2010s and the staff is so well stocked do you see how huge that newsroom is it's like the it's like the actual Boston Globe newsroom. It's like just like dozens yeah. of people bustling around. There's tons of reporters. Like everybody seems to he, he, the boss seems to be able to just dedicate uh, Tiffany Thiessen to one story as opposed to like all right while you're writing the story you also have to do this and this like you have to edit this this junior writer's paper like the 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 fact that this this paper is just like. It's, it's like the old school version of what a paper is just speaks to the level of low stress. Like they're not even recognizing that that in its own way is as crazy as the North Pole. Right. Um, yeah. The the the, the the fact that they're not even like commenting on like, oh, the newsroom is, you know, this newsroom is a lot smaller than it should be. Like, you know, it's half empty. And he's like, yeah, we had to get rid of a reporter last week. Like they don't even reference that shit. It's just straight up just like a low stress affair from top to bottom. Um, and because of that, I feel like it, it's kind of worth tackling if we're going to talk about these this movie, these movies, honestly, even though as an individual entry, it's not that interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, probably representative and, um, yeah, like you could, 
you could probably do a lot worse. Like, I, I think these movies, if they're not breezy, if the stakes are too high, if the acting is bad and, like, all that stuff, for the most part, checked all those boxes. Um, and it even had, like, you know, a little bit of Christmas magic in the form of happy thoughts that explode, form the Northern Lights, fall down to the North Pole, and then get thrown at people. They do. They get the kind of Christmas magic. Yeah, it feels like the same uh, story that people know about Christmas in the same way that people know that Santa watches people through snow globes. Um, Isn't it weird how I provided, uh, you know, evidence and uh, research last year? You showed, back you showed me claims. A, it was three years ago. You showed me a one picture you found. No, like, I showed you a, a picture. And I showed you a song that everyone knows. Let me ask you, was anyone on your side? Um, I believe your own brother texted you and said, Team Aaron. Uh, the Lord Christ is on my side because the Lord Christ stands for truth. <laughs> okay, well, you can, you can, I'll give you the Lord Christ. I'll give you Charlie Moran. Uh, anyways. <laughs> Wait, I have one more Next note. Next week, we're one, doing... one more note. One more note that I missed sure. entirely. Why the fuck not? So, you know that communicator that the kid is talking into in the movie? Oh yeah, the the like the old timey phone that he. Oh no, it's a microphone. Yeah, yeah. Did you know that that is like a thing that was heavily marketed to kids after this movie came out? No way. Yes, my nieces and nephews have one. I was watching this movie and I was like, "Wait, what the fuck? Why is he playing with a toy?" And I realized that this movie was the origin point for that toy. Do you think it was the origin point, or the movie also had like kids that got the toy? No, it's because Hallmark said... Do you think this movie was big enough to inspire a toy? It's a Hallmark-branded toy. They sell, like, chips that you can plug into the toy so you get new messages in it. You can buy this toy for your children. Well, I'm not going to. (laughs) Can doesn't mean should. (laughs) Stop trying... Look, we already have most of the Christmas presents bought it out, Peter. I don't like your attempt to overturn all of our financial decisions. (laughs) Yeah, chainsaws on the list. A Hallmark-branded chainsaw for cutting down the tree that ruins the back lot. Um, (laughs) So I can put a condo in for my dead wife. Um... (laughs) My dead wife wanted condos. That's all she wanted. She wanted condos (laughs) and mystery. And she wanted to to jump into the water from a moving boat. (laughs) (laughs) But does it make you like the movie a little bit less knowing that it was it's basically a toy commercial? Uh, Look, if if that's a toy commercial, it's the worst produced. This isn't the fucking talk boy. Yeah. Um, Uh, anyway, yeah, next week we got Road to Christmas to Carrie Nelson. Uh, I feel bad for her having to walk into this and where our mental energy is for these <laughs> probably remaining few episodes. But you know what? It is kind of fun to be like a different podcast for a little bit. And this has definitely been a – yeah, I've had a lot of fun. Um, and It's I'm also fun to take uh, a half if, – even, if even a half page of notes. Yeah, uh, I'm like, you don't... I mean, I still paid attention to the movie, but it's good knowing I didn't have to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, anyway. most, of my, most of my page is filled up with the, the marks of my drool. This movie is Christmas Thorazine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if you need a good... If you're out of Ambien and just need to sleep, uh, 
this won't knock you out, but it will make you into a very uh, docile mental state, so that sleep can eventually come. Uh, speaking of sleep, good night. Hey, good night. It's getting late. Yeah, good, good night. I got these letters to deliver, and you better be getting home too. And remember, behave yourselves, because Santa can still look into his magic snowball and see just what you're up to. And now that you know all about him, you can be darn sure that comes snow or high water. Santa Claus is coming to town. You better watch out, you better not cry, you better not pout, I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. He's making a list and checking it twice. He's gonna find out who's naughty nice. Thank you so much for listening to We Love to Watch. If you made it to the end, hopefully you liked what you heard today. And if you'd like to hear more, please go to patreon.com slash we love to watch. And if you can chip in a few bucks, that would really help us keep the lights on and keep us moving forward. Uh, it wasn't an implicit threat by Peter. He just didn't know how to say it. But either way, we'll continue to make more. But it would be helpful uh, as we explain to our loved ones where all our money is going, which is all on server space. Uh, <laughs> if you can't, <laughs> uh, if you don't have a few bucks to chip in, we totally understand and you want to support the show. Show, we truly absolutely would appreciate a uh, review on iTunes. I know every podcast says it, and it's because it really does help. And so every podcast wants that help. So please go leave us a positive review so that when people find this show organically, they hopefully want to tune in and listen. And thanks again for all of your listenership and support and time throughout the years. Uh, we really do appreciate you uh, with kisses and smooches, Peter and Aaron. <laughs>